0: hey welcome back to another episode of faces of our cities i'm your host jesse i am here with josh atkinson josh and i met on linkedin naturally because that's where i meet all people he was one of the people that i decided to send a personalized video to through vidyard and for some reason he decided to watch it and somehow, after that short 30-second, 45-second video, he agreed to uh, have a Zoom call with me. And one of the things that stood out to me when I first was looking at Josh's LinkedIn page was his opening about line. Uh, when I read it, I was just I, instantly, I was like oh, this is one of my people. This Him and I are going to get along, and even if he doesn't realize it yet, I'm going to make sure that we get along. His opening line, and this might have been tweaked a little bit since then, uh, but his opening line is currently, over the years, I've come to really love people. Learning about other cultures has become a deeply ingrained passion. I just absolutely love it. I love, personally, I love... People, I love random people. It's the whole reason that I do this city, uh, Faces of Our Cities podcast is to be able to share these really delightful humans that I've met randomly uh, while networking uh, with the rest of the world. Because I think that everyone uh, has, has just a unique perspective. And to be able to share that perspective with people, uh, to me, is, is just a, a great opportunity to share the love. Right and uh, so Josh, thank you so much uh, for agreeing to come and talk to me for a second time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, this is awesome. And, and Jesse, you know it. Uh, it was pretty fun getting that video. It, it's pretty unique uh, to instead of a message for it to be a video. And then on top of that, you're you were so enigmatic and excited about life. And I was like, how can I have not? And then you know, looking at your Facebook and your LinkedIn, your your Picture is skydiving. I'm like, hey, this is a cool guy. I should, I should chat with That's him. It's so
0: funny that you bring that up because I recorded a different episode of this today, and that picture came up <laughs> in that in that recording as well. That he was like, I saw your picture, and I thought, I think I would like to talk to this person. And I, uh, <laughs> you know, I think I'm gonna keep when if anyone ever brings up that picture, like how it's not really professional enough for LinkedIn. I think I'm just going to play everybody saying, like, what you just said. Like, I saw your picture and I wanted to talk to you. So uh, thank you. Thank you for that ammo. I am going to keep that.
1: Yeah. And and actually, you know, on on LinkedIn, I'm seeing a lot of people posting that they would rather see the personalities of people than the professional side. And uh, I I feel like that hits it perfectly.
0: I think that picture really – uh, yeah, gives a pretty good idea of who I at least I aspire to be on a regular basis. Like I love just being filled with energy. It's not a lot of me that likes being stressed out, right um, but um, although I'm pretty good in stressful situations because I'm usually still happy in stressful situations. so that's it. Skydiving falling from the sky, smiling with my tongue sticking out. that is. The epitome <laughs> of Jesse Heap, so, um, and um, the the hang loose uh, sign too. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I think. Well, you know, that comes from not that this podcast is about that, but um, I I started doing things like I guess using that hand signal because last winter I decided to escape winter uh, by living on a beach in in Cabo, learning how to surf, and it. I just you know. It's just who I am now, so. That's awesome. (laughs) I'm an aspiring surfer, so, yeah, yeah. Well, Josh, um, you have a really unique role. Uh, You're, if I remember correctly, when we first met, you're technically the only employee at the company that you uh, are with, and can you help us understand what it is that uh, the organization that you work for is, and, and what they do, and what your role is? Yeah. So I, I
1: work for a nonprofit called village book builders. Uh, and what we do is we build libraries and do online mentoring all over the world. Uh, we're mostly in Africa and then we've got some libraries in Mexico and Nepal as well. Um, and I, I'm the chief operating officer. So my job is to get to enjoy all these cultures and, you know, you read, you read my about and, uh, and that's, that's exactly what I I love to do is go and and get to meet and learn about these cultures and and just enjoy enjoy their life and what they do um, and so that's that's the main things that we do is is kind of help connect uh, these kids in these rural communities to uh, resources and to online mentors um, and that's that's kind of the the unique thing, I'm sure, is that I, I work for a nonprofit. On this, you know, I'm sure most of this podcasts are
0: are not nonprofits. It's a, uh, actually we had one this morning. Yeah, no, it's a, Well, you're right. Oh, that's cool. It's definitely more for profit than nonprofit, but um, but there's yeah. a space for all of you.
1: I agree. <laughs> I think we need to work together. <laughs> I 100
0: percent agree. So, uh, how does how does um, that relationship look uh for you is it i mean our like instant thought would be oh you just get grants from from for-profit businesses but it's a little bit different for you guys right um what is that what's that relationship look like
1: yeah so you know it's kind of fun because so you know i was in a meeting with someone else um just a couple months ago And, uh, I was asking them suggestions on some of the things we're doing. And the main thing that he said is, you know, what's the first thing to go when companies need budget, nonprofits, you know, charity work. That's the first thing that's going to go. And so he asked me, how do you make yourself recession proof? And I was like, that is a great question. And one that, you know, most nonprofits do need to worry about. And so, you know, we had already started the online mentor program. And, uh, and that was something that we realized and, and i I can get into this a little bit more in a minute here, but we realized that was a huge tool that we could use to not just, uh, benefit the kids, but really grow our mission as well. Um, And so we, at the time, had already started doing a few pilots with uh, corporations that were using us as an employee experience for their employees. Uh, They would sponsor us, and as part of that sponsorship, their employees would get the opportunity to mentor. Um, And so looking at that and the statistics from it, it was really interesting. All three companies, after their pilot with us, stayed on. And they grew the program. They were more interested in how can we get more of our employees to participate, um, because of the impact that it was having on the employees' what, lives. Yeah, it was really what,
0: interesting. I mean, did they tell you specifics around that? Like, were they just like, I don't know, people were happy to work on Wednesdays because Wednesday was the mentor day? Like, how, how do they how did how were they measuring that?
1: Yeah. So part of it, due to the process, right. How it works, we're in the U.S. and most of the kids we mentor are in Africa. So that's usually in the evening in Africa. It's the morning in, uh, in here in the U.S. And that actually led to people coming into work and then talking about it and just being excited about it. When we chatted with the corporate social responsibility people at these companies, they said, our employees are raving about this. Uh, They come into work excited to chat with each other about their different experiences with these different mentees. Um, And one of the other things we do is sometimes we'll pair employees up together and they'll all mentor one person. And that led to employees having an excuse to chat with each other which led to more at-work at discussion. Um, and so, you know, it led to a more social aspect at work as well, uh, which a lot of people, especially post-pandemic, are craving, you know, that social interaction. So it, it led to excuses for people to chat, and especially if they weren't in the exact same office or if they work remotely, gave excuses for people to, to chat with each
0: other. Josh, how with how many people you're working with right now, how many partners can you support and how many, how many kids are you servicing?
1: Yeah. So we currently have about 15 programs, uh, across, uh, Mexico, Africa, and Nepal. Um, and each of those programs itself is anywhere between a hundred mentees to 200 mentees. Uh, but all of them could do more than that. So, I mean, the capacity is large. And on top of that for 2022, we have some pretty lofty goals of starting new programs. And so, I mean, we're looking, you know, anywhere between 20 to 30, you know, corporate uh, partnerships uh, and we could do more, but that would be, each one would have their own, you know, they'd have their own program that they'd be able to work with. Uh, The way that we do it, Is we have college students that mentor and then we have the corporate sponsors that mentor the college students, we give it to them as a free opportunity to mentor get volunteering for their college level. Uh, And then the corporate sponsors are the ones that really help cover the the main costs and so it, it really is kind of the corporate sponsors or partners that really make it work.
0: When these kids are getting tutored um, and mentored, are they doing it in the libraries, or how are they actually able to connect? Are you giving them, like, Chromebooks and stuff, or how does that work?
1: Yeah, so it is in our libraries, so when we set up the library, we build the room, we bring in books, we'll bring in a computer lab. And so that, that's like the main part. And in Africa, especially where the electrical grid's not great, we'll put solar panels. Uh, so that, that helps us avoid that. And surprisingly, Africa has really good Wi-Fi. Mm. Um, there's been companies that have come in and put in a lot of um, cell towers. And so there's actually a substantial amount of Wi-Fi availability. And so the, the connection is, is great. Uh, every once in a while, and this is a question that you know corporate sponsors will ask. You know, how often do they have to cancel, do things like that? And it's it does happen. There are times where it has to cancel because the Wi-Fi is not working and things like that. But the vast majority of the time, uh, they're able to actually have their mentor. That's session. really
0: cool. Are you guys looking at expanding into other countries with those libraries? What's on the What's on the list?
1: Yeah. So um, this next year. What we are in most of these countries already. The the we want to continue the impact that that we're making in these countries that we've already kind of understood the culture of and, and we we know how to work well with the community and instead of pushing it on them they they are pulling for the the resources and so um, but it's Malawi Africa Zambia Uganda Kenya Ghana. Nepal and Mexico, so I mean, there's a, a wider range, uh, and we are we are looking at, and we do continue to vet places that request from other places, um, and so there there are other opportunities there as well, especially if companies and we love this like we, we had a company chat with us just recently that has a huge office in Nepal and uh, and so that's why they were interested you know if and so companies that have these offices in these locations we would love for them to mentor um, and whether it's their local people that are mentoring which is a huge impact for the kids or if it's company wide
0: right. I mean that for a company like that that's playing the long game right and knowing that like if they're starting to get in front of kids in that city or that region where they already have an office, 15 years later, those kids might be working there, and um, I mean, yeah. it's, for any company that's planning on being around for, for a couple of decades, they need to start investing right now in their workforce, so.
1: That's right, and and our mentor program's main focus is keep kids in school, keep them with education, uh, and, and, you know, it's It's not tutoring. It is mentoring. Uh, The vast majority of the time is spent just helping the kid gain confidence in their abilities. So the kids will ask questions and the mentors will spend the time helping them research it on the computer. So that that helps them understand how to research on the computer. It gives them computer literacy skills. We work on reading comprehension. That helps them with English and reading literacy Um, and all of that all together. Grows this aspect of confidence in the kids... And we're able to see as schools send us the reports, the grade reports are better, the attendance in school is better, um, and the dropout rate in schools is much lower um, through the mentor program because they gain this confidence. It's, it's similar to Big Brother, Big Sister, similar to you know the YMCA things, the clubs, you know boys and girls clubs that gain help kids gain confidence and stay in school. Oh, that's cool. I didn't. Which would lead you know as you said to to them having that opportunity to then later, after they're graduated, work with these companies. Yeah,
0: I guess I didn't realize that. I'm really glad that you clarified that, um, the difference between mentoring and tutoring, and uh, that that's the route that you guys are going. That's, um, that's interesting. So wh- how old are the kids that are normally being mentored? Are they in their teens? Are they younger?
1: It depends on the program. Um, so for example, in um, Malawi, our our main program. There's a high school, and so those those kids are you know uh, 14 to 18 years old, uh, 13 to 18, and then uh, we have programs in Zambia that are elementary school. All right, and so it it depends on in the area what um, what is the school that we've partnered with. Uh, we always partner with a school, so there's already education happening. Um, and that you know that part of that is we don't want to be the ones educating. We want teachers there yeah. educating, and we're there to help support and gain confidence yeah. in these kids. Uh, it allows us to be able to have more of an impact and allows a wider spread for mentors, sure. right? So instead of these corporations wondering how are our employees supposed to be able to teach calculus, right? That's not the case, right? It's 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 not focused on that That's, at all.
0: It makes a lot of sense. When you're working with, uh, a corporation, what are like telltale signs that a team should be reaching out to you and working with you?
1: Absolutely. Now, so, you know, I actually was looking at LinkedIn. I love LinkedIn because everyone posts amazing things. Um, but somebody was mentioning, uh, you know, right now with how companies are losing employees frequently, you know, managers do one-on-ones. Focus more on your employees. And one of the comments was, if if they're already wanting to leave, if they're already looking at jobs. You're 60 to 90 days behind, right? Which means you wouldn't know the symptoms. So that's one scary thing. Is as as there's other jobs and aggressive compensation raises and and better benefits at other companies. It takes one mistake. And one discomfort for people to go look at for another job. And so part of it is, you know, we're able to give an opportunity for employees to experience uh, something outside of themselves that their company gave, and that leads to pride in their company, pride in their work. And so in some ways that's prevention to losing employees, uh, but also, if an employee was already thinking and getting burnt out from their job, having a new flair, something completely different than their normal day, and that's not part of their work for an hour a week or a, an hour every two weeks or a month, depending on the program we set up for them, then that changes things for them. That's a new life to the, them as they're working in that job. Uh, and so it, it can help in a lot of ways in that, that way.
0: All right, well, help us take a few life hacks away. Any recommendations on, well, if you're coordinating that many people, do you have a favorite calendar that you work with? Or maybe if do you prefer Zoom over Slack? What do you guys use?
1: So we we use Google because Google gives nonprofits free free reign of their stuff. So we use Google Calendar and uh, Google Meets and things like that, which has been – it's actually been really helpful. We do use Slack uh, frequently as well, and and I've actually really enjoyed Slack. Uh, But it's kind of funny. We've had different corporations work with different things and we've had to work with them and so i i've experienced zoom a lot of people are like why are you on google meets zoom it is and then other other companies are we're on teams and so we've had to go on teams and what's funny is that almost all of them are the exact same totally uh you know and so it's it's kind of fun to see the like the very small differences but you know people have big big minds of this and, this one's the best, and uh, we've we've we're happy to accommodate any any and all of them for well, meetings.
0: And so. and some of those larger corporations or even smaller, their IT departments just won't let you use certain platforms. Like um, I'm not going right. to mention any names, but there is uh, a platform called WebEx that I had clients that they just couldn't use anything else but that, and it didn't have certain features that we absolutely needed. It was it was absolute chaos, right? And <laughs> at one time, uh, I think I was – I had to manage, like, five different communication platforms. And so it was – meetings were hilarious. It was just like, okay, so which one are you on? Just, just start – I'll go down the list, all right? And you say yes when, <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah, I got that. Yeah, I can do that, right? And then thank goodness for Google remembering my passwords because – I mean, those were changing, like, every three weeks, depending. And I was like, I don't know when the last time I changed my team's password was. So, uh, That's right. But I, I, I would guess that, yeah, flexibility on your part is really important. What a great opportunity for the, the kids, too, to learn that many different platforms, I guess, right? Um, That's right. Uh, so it um, early on, you're learning how to use Teams, and hopefully by the time they're in the workforce, they... Uh, are going to be light years ahead of some of us who are still trying to figure out how to share documents through Teams, right? So, <laughs> Yeah.
1: So so one thing that we, we've done with Village Book Builders that's interesting, we created what's called the Village Portal. And it allows... So you log into it, and then it allows you to click on your time slot that you're interested okay. in, and it'll automatically send you your invites for each week, um, which makes it very fluid uh, and, and easier... And we've we started with just doing Google Meets with that, but we're integrating Teams into that as well. Um, as we've had, we've one of our biggest supporters was is, is somebody that very much only uses Teams, and so we've we are like, okay, this needs to be integrated. Yeah. Um, and so that that like you said, the flexibility. But for a company, uh, you know, one of the best parts about working with us would be the opportunity to once they sign up. We take care of the rest, and it's, it's very fluid for the employees to just sign up. Cool. It's sent to them every week. They're able to just meet uh, with very little hassle on, on the company's end trying to solve this as an employee engagement. I really
0: like that you understood the needs of your customer there, right, and anything that would be a roadblock to them and just decided to take care of that before it ever became one. I love that. I love hearing about nonprofits that do that it's like a, it's like a understanding that you have to do it in corporate America. Right. And think that way. Um, but the fact that you guys are, are acting just like that as a nonprofit, which is not something we normally give, I think smaller nonprofits credit for. Right. Um, so I really appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> so that's cool. Anything, any other life hacks that you want to share with us? Any, uh, daily routines that you just absolutely rely on that you think other people should, uh, incorporate into their lives.
1: Hmm. See, so you, you you tricked me with uh, you know my own life. How do I? <laughs> <laughs> You're
0: like.
1: <okay>. Um, <laughs> it was just fun too. <laughs> but something something that's helped me in, in, in especially in the pandemic world where depression and anxiety is rampant, I've noticed that self care is in, immense yeah. for me. So I I my day is very different when I start with some kind of exercise and take a shower. To me, that's like that's like the mental start to the day, and it didn't matter how the ra- the the day before was. All that matters is I started my day off with those two main tasks. I did some kind of exercise and I took a yeah. shower, and uh, and it helps me. Like, yeah, I have succeeded in my first two tasks. Let's move on to to the rest. I of
0: the appreciate day. that you're building on the whole "always make your bed" thing, and you've taken us a new level. And I really like that taking a shower is, is part of it because I, think, it's I important. think we should make a series <laughs> of like now that like we're starting to do things that we used to do, um, here's how to do them. Like here's how to shake hands and hey, here's how you shower in the morning. Uh, I think, That's right. I think that would be great. You know, over video call, you
1: can't you can't smell yeah, it, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> so you know, I, I I would be very curious to see how many people just you know were lazy on that end uh, during the pandemic. Oh, hard, you know? yeah.
0: But I just want to make sure that we're really yeah. clear that I'm cutting this part out. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't shower. No, absolutely not. <laughs> All right. Well, awesome. Thanks, Josh. I, uh, I appreciate your time. Um, if people want to reach out and connect with you, is LinkedIn the easiest way to do that? Is that what you're on the most? Uh, or do you want them to call your office? What, uh, how do people connect to you?
1: LinkedIn's great. I'm on there every day, uh, meeting new wonderful people. So definitely happy uh, LinkedIn. Just Joshua Atkinson and uh, and Village Book Builders is the name of the nonprofit. And so you can find me either way.
0: And yeah. I would assume they like you get extra points for sending you personalized video invites. Uh that, <laughs> that's, the, right. The bar that's right that's right so safe. far
1: Jesse you're the only one to do so <laughs> so the bar's been set I appreciate that <laughs> I, hope,
0: I hope one day that changes um, to the point where you're just like Ugh, I get so many but thank goodness that one that first one I got is the one I remember um, and I hope I'm at it I hope I'm that one That's right. (laughs) Awesome. Thanks, Josh. Have a really great uh, rest of your day, and uh, I can't wait to connect again soon.